This is the Arrow Panel, episode 27. I'm uh, at Roger Clark. Next to me, I've got Xanath. Hello, I'm not Buzzard. Yeah. Different person. <laughs> same, same, similar voice, but different person. How'd that happen? Uh, I can't tell you. Oh. It took a lot of work. <laughs> uh, I'm Dalton Runberg at Run Dalton Run. I almost forgot my Twitter handle, Blue Chow. And we have another special guest with us today. What's up? It's James uh, at YayGubbyJ, a.k.a. Uh, Captain Canada. You, so, the... You you joined us uh, once before in the freestyle episode. Yes. So, Back yeah. in, like, January. Yeah, so welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. As a brief uh, reintroduction, this is a podcast about dance games, dance esports, uh, video games like Dance Dance Revolution, Pump It Up, In the Groove, Dance Rush... Uh, dance praise, uh, in, in really anything you you can you any kind of game you can play with your feet, <laughs> and we've we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and uh, we we dug deep in the mailbags. Of, yeah, of of we're we're revisiting some of our previous questions that that we didn't get to answer before, so uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Yeah, we're all about audience questions again today. Although, first off, we've got some uh, some stuff to talk about, and I think. This this month, next month is pretty big in terms of DDR tournaments. So we've got a lot of tournament stuff going on, and the 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 one I'm excited about that's soonest is next week's Fresno Frenzy Two tournament, which is the uh, September 22nd and 23rd, I believe. Yep. Is that is that correct? In Fresno, California, huge DDR Ace tournament. A lot of people flying in uh, to Fresno from tons of other places in the country, and it's I'm really excited about it because the first one was very successful. Yeah, I it's I keep seeing people on like Twitter and Facebook saying like, "Oh, I just bought my ticket to fly to Fresno," and I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> well, Dalton here is from Fresno, so he has opinions about it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a destination city. It's gonna yeah, be, gonna be a real fun getaway. I'm I'm staying all weekend in Airbnb. Yep. Nice. I got guys. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people from all over coming, so um, it it should be huge. It's going to be single, double, freestyle, and uh, we got an upper and a lower uh, division, upper lower, which is very exciting. Single. Yeah, so somehow we're going to try and fit that all into two days. So. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, it's so, happening. It's going to yep. be efficiently run. We're doing we're experimenting with a pool system for uh, the first little bit of the upper tournament. So uh, I'm excited to see how that works, so people can actually know when their matches are going to be, mm-hmm. and go eat without <laughs> sitting at the tournament all day and waiting. I believe um, you have to actually play some songs at the arcade before coming to the tournament, right? Yeah, you, you do. So you, it, this is this is a common thing for tournaments nowadays where we're doing online qualifying. Well, we have a question about this. Ah, okay. So maybe we'll, we should save it we'll, for that. We'll save it for a little bit later. Um, so real quick, I uh, just want to have a quick plug for next week's tournament. Um Fresno Frenzy 2 will be the first uh, crossover event with, with Freestyle Takeover and MA, the MA scene. So we're really looking forward to Saturday night, um, putting out a good show for you guys and seeing, seeing who enters. Um, it's, a big, it's just a big deal for Freestyle and a big day for DDR, just seeing the whole community brought together. So we're really excited. Yeah, there should be a big audience for it, which it, I think is always a, a pretty cool thing for Freestyle. And we'll be streaming uh, both the tech tournaments and the freestyle tournaments on the SF Evolve Twitch channel. So you'll be able to see uh, both of them all day on Saturday and, and Sunday. Yeah, don't make, so check it out. don't make any plans. <laughs> James here is, is part of the Freestyle Takeover team, and uh, we're, we're happy to have him on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 
in addition to the Fresno tournament, we've got the Beast in the East tournament, which is in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, on October 12th. And it's fighting games, DDR, Pump, ITG, that's in the groove, and uh, they got, and, and they, more. They got U-Beat and Mario Kart. I, I don't know if all games are going to have... It, it's more of like a gaming sort of convention thing, it, uh, but they're going to have music games there. I don't... I don't know for sure if they're going to have tournaments or not. So, mm. But still, it sounds like a really cool event. Tons of yeah. different games. That's awesome. And stuff. You hooked me with Mario Kart. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and after that, we've got uh, the DDR Ace Tournament Mistake on the Lake, which is at the uh, Round 1 Great Lakes Mall in Mentor, Ohio. I'm pretty excited about that one, too. I'm, I'm going to go. Because uh, I, I used to play DDR in Ohio before I moved to San Francisco. And Pretty big it, community there, right? Huge community, and it seems like it's getting rebooted. I think everybody's been been rebooted with Ace, and I think it's taken a little bit longer for other parts of the country outside of uh, the coasts, but it's, it's getting there. Yep. Everyone's waking up. So come hang out with us on October 20th at in Mentor, Ohio. That's cl- that's the Cleveland area. So if you're anywhere near Cleveland, uh, come come chill with us. Okay, maybe it's the opposite of chill. It's, let's <laughs> let's just run in place at max speed for 12 hours. At 440 BPM. Yeah, exactly. It's really loud dance music. We've also got the Rhythm Core Tricker Beats event at Round 1 Crystal Run Galleria in New York. Oh, nice. Um, and Middletown, New York. That's October 28th. We've got DDR Ace, Beatmania 2DX, Sound Voltex, Dora, and it, Pump It Up Prime 2. That's... This it's just we're just having tons of tournaments. Yeah, shout to Prince David. Yeah, Prince David's uh, doing a lot of work to to run those tournaments. We've got Rumble in the Prairie ten point five. Uh, I think that's the that's like the number of the tournament. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, kind of the it's the the sort of in between one. They're they're the Rumble Rumble in the Prairie series of tournaments. Like the main one is usually in the spring, so those are the the. 10, 11, you know, whatever. So this is 10.5. It's kind of a smaller, aimed at more of a local tournament. But hey, if you want to fly out for it or something, go for it. Yeah. And that's in uh, Urbana, the Urbana-Champaign area in (laughs) Illinois. And that's in the groove, single and double, and pump uh, couples tournament. Yep. And I think a sight read tournament. Sweet. Not Mm. sure. Uh, Yep. November 9th through 11th. Sweet. Raja the Garage, Columbus, Ohio, December 7th through 9th. And we talked about this on a previous episode, and Raja the Garage is more like a uh, convention uh, run by the Tokyo Attack guy, Anthony. And he basically brings a bunch of his cabinets to uh, a location. In this instance, it's the Columbus, Ohio Convention Center. Very close to some really great food and uh, hotels and stuff down in downtown Columbus, so go check that out. He'll have tons of rhythm games and other stuff, so we Probably DDR, Pump It Up, Sound Voltex, U-Beat, all the good stuff. Just everything. Yeah. Plus non-rhythm games, too. Yes, I went to a Raja the Garage event two years ago, and it was in the worst hotel I've ever been to in my <laughs> entire life. But the event was spectacular. And, and, and really this one's in event. a different... Yeah. Yes, this thankfully, this in is a, in a different place. This one's in a good town with in a good convention center right next to a, a, some beautiful hotels. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I think they have hotel deals and stuff too, so check, yeah, it's awesome. check that out. And the last thing to mention is today, starting today, uh, we've got, and ending in October 20, 21st, we've got the online girls tournament, Valkyrie Dimension, and uh, the songs were announced, and so you can get started uh, with the Valkyrie Dimension tournament as long as you're a woman, 
You can check it out at ValkyrieDimension.com. Yeah, so there's three different uh, levels. So no matter what skill level you're at, there's uh, three different divisions. Um, and then there's also a new boss rush, uh, which is three 18s in a row. If you can, Damn. if you can, it, that's just, it's kind of a pass fail thing. It's just like an extra challenge that if you pass all three of these 18s, I think it's uh, go for the top challenge x uh, astro gazer challenge and come to life challenge oh, nice. you can pass those all in a set you get this cool little valkyrie dimension pin thing sweet for passing the boss rush set but yeah there's and there's three other division skill level divisions so yeah go check it out um that's the, a great set <laughs> yeah Sounds we need awesome. more tournaments with merch. Like, yeah, yeah. Give, out, give out stuff. Yeah, to they, make they, everyone excited. I yeah, think that's they, a great idea. They actually have uh, tons of Valkyrie Dimension merch. I bought some actually, and and the part of the proceeds of those go to I think the prize pool uh, even um, yeah. to support. Yeah, it's awesome. The that's tournament awesome. stuff, yeah. so it's really cool and very awesome logo too. Yeah, be, they have a great brand. Be proud to wear it on a shirt. Yeah. Just yeah. To, just talking about tournaments a little bit. It looks like things are heating up quite a bit. We've got a lot of stuff going on. And hopefully that continues to accelerate as we as we keep going. Um, but there's actually another one that we forgot to mention, which is the Irvine uh, Dave and Buster's tournament in Irvine, California, which is in October, October 13th, nope. I believe. It actually just got pushed back. Oh, really? Yeah, they had to push it back two weeks. So now it's the 26th, I believe, or 27th. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay, so it's the same weekend as the Rhythm Core one in New York. Yep, but okay. opposite coast, so I don't think that it'll... Uh... Gotcha. I don't think it'll be an issue. But, okay. But yeah, they had to push it back a little bit. But yeah, that's in uh, Irvine, California. Nice. Yep. So lots of stuff happening. And please run some tournaments. Uh, we're we're always down to show up and fly to your tournaments if you're if you've got a good situation going on. So well, Roger is. Okay. Well, <laughs> some of us are. Um, yeah. But let's, let's... Yeah, you can check out all more info about all these events over uh, at our friends at ddrcommunity.com slash events, uh, all listed there with all the info and entry fees and rules and everything like that. So it's a great resource if you're looking to get more involved in the community. So um, we got some new content to talk about as yeah. well in DDR. Uh, the, the new songs... From the uh, follow campaign that were announced before, but it took it took a while for them to to release them, which is kind of strange. And then when they did finally announce them, or when they announced that they were going to be available, it was literally like the day of, which is kind of strange. Normally they give a couple days lead time. So there's a new Love Shine remix, um, the Sound Voltex remix. It's an Expert Eleven and a Challenge Fourteen. Um, sort of just it, it's an, a twist on kind of old nostalgia. So yeah. I don't know. It, it may be kind of divisive. That that <laughs> it maybe, might not be what you're used to. Yeah, maybe maybe some old, old. It's kind of a nightcore-ish type thing. Yeah, maybe some old people who like the old Love Shine a lot may go, "Oh no, this is not the original Love Shine, man." Um, well, you know, remixes are remixes, and more stuff is good. Yeah. So. Um, there's also DDR Mega Mix, which we talked about last time, I think, a little bit. Um, but it's kind of a mishmash of a bunch of classic DDR songs. And it's got an Expert 15 and a Challenge 16. Mm -hmm. And both are really good. Um, I think for each difficulty, they basically took snippets from the charts of, of that difficulty for each song and kind of mashed them together. Except for the Challenge, which is... 
completely new and it's just a bunch of really cool um kind of riffs on the songs that are in the in the in the in the song <laughs> yeah so and, it, and it's a cool. wonderful homage to the original to, to the series that led up to ace i think it's, yeah it's really cool to sort of revisit some of your favorite songs like bag in a <laughs> in a totally new way so i i enjoyed it for that and reason. matsuri japan matsuri japan yes. which is not in ddr anymore right mm-hmm. and yeah. dive which is also not in ddr mm-hmm. and the fact that it, it, it leads off with 1998 just that makes me so happy yeah it's <laughs> awesome and ends with legend of max and legend of max mm-hmm. the best song in ddr <laughs> i think yeah yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the tricky part about it is that it goes from bag, uh, the BPM of bag, all the way up to Legend of Max. So you have yeah. to, you know, debate trying to play either a little bit faster or, or slower. I saw people talking about using Sudden Plus yeah, on Sudden it. Plus. Yeah, I don't know if there's. I, I'm not. I played the chart a couple times, but I wasn't really looking for Sudden Plus. So I don't know if there's yeah. a great place to turn mm-hmm. out on or off. You know, in there. Bag right. is in the middle, right? Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, yeah. That makes it kind of tough to. You can't really sort of. There's like some songs where there's a definitive, you know, dropping off point where you could say this is where I can turn on, turn off Sun Plus. Yes. Yeah. This, this song doesn't have it, so it's pretty challenging. Yeah, there might be a, a little tiny, well, the, like before the long part. Yeah. The Legend of, the Legend of Max part. Is it continuous or is it a little slowdown? It, there, there's a there's, there's a, a stop there. there. There's a little stop uh-huh. right before it goes into the Legend of Max, yeah. I think. But it, it would it, it's a pretty small window. Yeah. So um, I don't know. You need to I've just been like doing... buddy by the machine just to push it for you. Yeah. yeah. If 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 you figure out a good spot or a good way to do it, let us know. Um, but yeah, so it's it's really cool to see sort of those old songs reinvented and and all strung together. We had kind of speculated that because the song is so long, it's like two and a half minutes long, mm-hmm. that maybe they'd cut some stuff out, but they nope. didn't. Nope. It's all in there. Um, yeah. So. I think that's that's an interesting thing because it could mean that they might be more willing to add longer songs for other stuff or it could just be a one-off that mm-hmm. they this this is a special super long song that they didn't really maybe they didn't really think about it too hard i don't know yeah, yeah. i mean it's the ddr mega mix after all so. yeah it's, it's from popping they just yeah they just kind of put it yeah. in there the i'm really hoping also... for i want more mega mixes i oh, want yeah. more things like this because it, it would be it would be great like they have so many so many of the people who are doing ddr music nowadays are mm-hmm. djs you could have like you know Coors K do like a tiny little four minute mix or something, and you know I think they did something like that with DDRX. X, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and they could they could bring that back. They could do so much other stuff. Yeah. Um, but is this episode about what I think they should do, <laughs> uh, or is it about audience questions? <laughs> That's a good segue, Roger. Well, so we had an audience audience question that we didn't quite get to before from James, who is here now. Up, guys? To uh, to ask his question directly to us in person. So, what question did you have for us? And then you can talk about your thoughts about it as well. <laughs> sure. Well, I was really curious. Um, so, what your guys' thoughts were on on streaming locals, like on a regular basis? Um, I see that a lot in the FTC. I've I used to watch uh, Wednesday Night Fights um, down in SoCal a lot, and just seeing these these uh, groups of players meet up every week and meet at the same place and have a little mini tournament. Um, like, is it a matter of finding a venue to call home first? Um, did TOs back in the day used to do that? Um, we're just wanted to see your guys' thoughts on, like, a more regular, more casual event, uh, but still competitive. Yeah. So local, like, kind of local tournaments that are frequent, you're Fre- saying? Frequent, yeah. And more For, casual. Versus, like, like a major out in some, like... Yeah, like the fighting game people always talk. They talk about this a lot. Yeah. And whenever I interact with fighting game people, they're always like, "Oh, do you have 
what do they what do they call them like locals or something yeah and no we don't mm-hmm. and i think the reason is because especially in in the bay area there's always people playing true <laughs> and is would it be necessarily possible for us to be like hey round 1 can we just sort of like arbitrarily take over your machine for the next 4 hours um they probably wouldn't like that i don't know but i guess if we got enough people who were there and kind of just made it happen ad hoc it seems possible yeah i think i think the biggest difference but that's kind of holding dance games uh, at least ace from doing that is is the accessibility whereas yeah. like fighting games you can mm-hmm. take your setup wherever and put it wherever yeah. uh you know take it to a bar yeah exactly you know or or Folsom Folsom Street mm-hmm. Foundry here where oh, they man. have they got everything there yeah it's, so you know super smash Brothers projectors and, yeah yeah used to go there all the time yeah so i i think the biggest difficulty is is like the accessibility really yeah. that you know it would be great to you know, have more frequent tournaments, but it's just a matter of you can't get the machine that easily. Like, if, if you manage to convince Dave and Buster's around one to allow to have a tournament, you're going to try and make the most of it and have a big event rather than, like, a small one. Mm-hmm. Although it's it's probably possible in some areas where it's not like here in the Bay Area where there's the machines are in use constantly with people who have their own plans. Like, when I go to the... When I go to the arcade, I try and go there at times when I know no one else is going to be there, like really weird times. And then I'm like, okay, like how can I get like nine consecutive games in a row so I can warm up and be able to play my, you know, one eighteen of the day that I'm I'm going to play. And um, but there's other places like, for instance, the the Chicagoland area or L.A., the L like Southern California area where there's kind of actually a lot of machines and. Some of them probably aren't in use all that much. So there are probably some arcades that are more suitable, like the lower traffic ones, where you're just like, well, you know, no one's going to be here regularly on a Monday night, so we could have, like, you know, Monday night DDR or whatever uh, tournaments. So that's a good idea. So if anyone out there wants to do that, let us know, and we'll, you know, we'll retweet your results of your tournament or whatever. So, yeah, do it. Yeah, and, I mean, there may even be sort of tournament formats where you could do it they could be spaced quicker out. well you could just do it like have a a set of songs have yeah. have three songs and then everybody goes up and just plays those songs and like that's your like little mini tournament yeah or something which, which, it doesn't have to be like a huge brackety thing yeah, like, yeah exactly back so back like back. you know if you have 12 people that's just six sets and then yeah. everybody plays those you know the songs the three songs together or whatever and it's just you add up your scores or something like that's a really quick easy thing yeah and we could probably do that here if we if we really just tried yeah so the tapping the the, uh uh, tap set of the night (laughs) yeah Yeah. basically tournament of the week yeah so cool um yeah there's some possibility there but i i think it is kind there's kind of a difference between fighting games and dance games yeah we we still we have to figure out how to deal with that though like yeah i think that there is a difference like yeah we're at the we're at the mercy of round one and dave and busters or or the other arcades but yeah there's there's ways that we can solve the problem so we just got to think about it and there are private collections that exist too you can run like ddr extreme tournaments and have something like that 
which I think would be pretty cool. Like yeah. Everybody just kind of meets together and has like a lightning DDR extreme tournament. Yeah. Which, uh, I extreme think, Pro? Yeah, yeah. And I think the uh, private collections are kind of increasing in, in size, too. Yeah. So It's like the Ben's house. Yeah. Fighting game community also has something, they have uh, something called uh, money matches, too. They do. Which I think is kind <laughs> of an interesting concept. I've never seen that. Yeah, never seen that in DDR before. Man, I, I was a huge fan of uh, the uh, bar fights. Like, yeah. Where they, it's, they know the matches going into it. They have like a little card set up for the night. Specific players head going head to head for like best of ten or whatever. That'd um, be cool. Yeah, I, Money I like match DDR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not necessarily just, so much. Just yeah. underground black market yeah. DDR. <laughs> Ethereum or Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> or just bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Money matches are always hype. Yeah. Race I'll, you for I'll bet you zero point zero five seven three Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, probably more like zero point zero 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 five seven three. I'll I'll dance you for pinks. Yeah. <laughs> for ownership of your machine. <laughs> um, so let's move on to some more audience questions. Um, and again, these are, uh, we didn't solicit questions this time, but since we missed so many people's questions before, we kind of dug back deep in the archives and found some some good ones. Um, so we have one from uh, Nolan Lee at Nolan Card, who says, uh, sometimes when I'm at an easier part of a song, I'll one hand the bar and shake off my wrists or just give my arm a break. Uh, even if I'm consistently not messing up my judgments during the break, should I consider this a bad habit and work on keeping my form consistent? I don't know. I, it It's probably not that bad because I, I know personally, like, my arms and wrists are the first things to go when I'm playing. I My, my legs seemingly never get tired, but my arms and, like you said, my wrists uh, kind of start to hurt. And if you watch... Chris, for instance, mm-hmm. if you watch the videos of Chris for Life playing, he's always kind of strategically getting off the bar at, like, you know, really, like, not very dense parts or something. And, you know, if, if he's doing it, then you could probably do it, too. Uh, I, I would say, personally, I try not to because in the instances when I do, I tend to get more perfects. But it's like, if you're playing an 18 or something and there's a a part where there's not a whole lot going on. I can't really think of any of those, but there might be some of those, and I, I don't see any reason why not to do it, you know? I think there's some value in, ha- in being adaptive in your form also. Like, like if you're uh, always holding onto the bar in mm-hmm. a very specific way, and you're always stepping in a very specific way, I think it's a little bit harder to overcome obstacles that you face while you're playing the game. Where if you're kind of, like, changing it up every once in a while, like, you know, you're changing the way you step and changing... Uh, how you're holding the bar and stuff like that, that might be a good way to sort of break through some uh, barriers. Yes, with some, with discussions that I've had with uh, Ninjafar and some other people, they were talking about uh, how if you move your arm, if you move your hands closer together, like toward the middle of the bar, for instance, you know, normally when you're holding the bar, you should probably be holding it kind of toward the side, like the kind of where it's, you know, where it bends. <laughs> yeah. Um. And that's kind of just the best form for general play. But if you're doing a lot of crossovers, um, sometimes if you bring your arms in to where your hands are kind of closer together, touching, that can kind of give you a little bit more maneuverability if you're trying to do some scoobies or, you know, some fancy crossovers. So, it, yeah, you, you do have to be able to, to move around a little bit. And, yeah, don't be afraid to experiment. If you find that doing something causes you to get perfects, don't do it anymore. There's there's a bunch of parts in songs like I don't know it's not very it's not a difficult song but struggle for instance the thirteen 
like there's this part where the bunch of freeze arrows on up and it just kind of it's very relaxing and it kind of feels cool to let go of the bar and you know hold the freeze and then do it same thing at the end of unbelievable like there's this part where like it, it just feels nice to let go of the bar and and uh hit the arrows and you know do something fancy but I always get perfects if I do that. <laughs> and I hate perfects, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. I, I think the the important thing is, like, if you're feeling uncomfortable, like, it's okay to try to alleviate that. Yeah. Give, you, me, give yourself a break. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do that, too. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes, like, my a nerve or something gets pinched, mm. you know, in my armpit, kind of, like, if I'm holding the bar weird and, like... The first couple songs of the day, like my my hand will kind of start tingling or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, video games, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, that's not good. I have this problem where my collarbone just kind of pops out, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's because I play doubles on Pump It Up and hold on to the bar like that. Oh, you're being serious? I'm totally serious. Yeah, I have this weird problem oh. where no, I, I've I've heard, yeah, I yeah, I know what you're talking. It's like about. my sternum. Yeah, my sternum yeah. like pops, and yeah. I can hear like a. Yeah, I'm like, okay. You should probably go to a doctor. It's fine. It, it doesn't hurt. It's just kind of an awkward, uncomfortable feeling <laughs> and a little disturbing. You but... just feel an explosion in your chest. It's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. How, that's how I feel when I I have to play on uh, taller bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it makes my shoulders hurt quite bad. So it's, I can't play doubles on Pump It Up anymore because it just freaks me out too much. <laughs> it's all natural. It's what it's what Andamiro intended. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I hear about people talking about sports all the time. Yeah. And they're, they're saying like, oh, I was playing tennis and my shin just exploded yep. or <laughs> my leg doesn't work anymore. So. I mean, there's I think a, this is normal, There's right? a literal thing called tennis elbow. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's now yeah. called the pump I, I, pop. I think <laughs> I've definitely gotten pump. tennis elbow from playing DDR <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, it's going to be a thing. I yeah, think so you should I think watch out for ourselves. <laughs> if you're playing something as physical as DDR, yeah. you just kind of expect the injuries and your lifespan to get decrease to decrease. substantially. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anything physical like that is... Uh, I, I mean, also sitting in front of the computer all day is bad, too. <laughs> so you got to find that balance. Yeah, listen to your body. <laughs> listen to your body, yeah. Yep. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> or just keep playing. Actually, it's it, in all seriousness, it is important to listen to your body because I remember I am Chris for Life was talking about yes. his injuries and how for for a little while he was um, like I think he was like playing so much that uh, he was having some serious problems with uh, his his knees or something like that. Yeah, he was having shins. some pretty serious problems, mm-hmm. and then uh, doctor he explained what Dance Dance Revolution was to his doctor as as we all do. Yeah, and then uh, his doctor like recommended that he start taking breaks. So now he like plays only every other day, and it seems to seems to work for him so yeah, his, his doctor was like yeah just just hold hold the sides of the bar not not quite towards the center yeah <laughs> yeah when, when the speed up comes yeah gotta... the doctor giving you advice about your form yeah <laughs> slow downs let go of the bar yeah so uh long story short yeah i think it's okay to let go of the bar if there's a little break in a song or if you get perfect stop doing it yeah <laughs> <laughs> just eat through the pain we got eat another question first. roger yeah, we got Omar at Om underscore Neb, O-M underscore Neb, uh, on, he's, he's asking, what's your favorite wonky slash bizarre slash quote bad unquote chart in the game? <laughs> uh, for instance, uh, Dead End Groove Radar Special, Ace for Aces, uh, ec- like the Expert Chart, Chaos, etc. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I mean... I'm glad that he put bad in quotation marks because is there such thing as a, ba- a bad chart? 
Well, that was another um, that was another question that we had about is there such thing as a bad charter or a bad yeah. pattern? Yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I, I had a lot to say about that a couple episodes ago, so if you want to hear about my opinions about that, do that. But uh, do you guys have any opinions here? Yeah, so DDR Extreme, there's a song called Love This Feeling, and it's like, everybody says <laughs> it's, on it's a bad too. song. Oh, it's on Ace too. yeah, yeah so... It's like a, it's it's actually like it's an incredibly weird song. I think it's Akira Yamaoka, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got that weird sort of underground style to it, and uh, the chart is also very bizarre. It's like it starts off slow and then it gets a little bit faster, but it's all like off sync and just strange. And there's a lot of empty space, and yeah. then like some offbeat arrows. Yeah, it kind of seems like somebody went into Step Mania and did that like record mode and just said like, okay, this seems fine. Except yeah. this um, was back when they did it with like. <laughs> Graph paper. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. <laughs> Schematics. Who knows? But I actually really love it. I love playing it because it's just kind of, it's part of DDR culture. It's part of DDR history. Moving yeah. the juice. <laughs> so you got you to gotta play those songs every once in a while, I think. I was gonna, what about uh, you guys? Yeah, I was going to say Hyper Eurobeat, also an extreme. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good song. Good, bad song also. Yeah, the, the, the mu- just music-wise um, and just it... Possibly being the most off sync in DDR. Has there been a, a more there are early so it chart with the advent of Extreme Pro? You would not believe uh, how many songs <laughs> are just so off sync oh, and that people true. never really know. We we had no really. idea how hard Butterfly is. Yeah, yeah. Butterfly is wow. so hard. Wow. Yeah. But we never knew it. Um, I, I thinking about the the charts. I I kind of always liked the broken stuff personally. I really love Bag, mm-hmm. and Bag is kind of the most egregious example of you know back in the day with the uh kind of the design of ddr uh pre pre supernova 2 where they didn't have support for 12th notes and 12th notes i don't know if you if any of i'm assuming everyone who's listening knows what a 12th note is supposed to be but it's uh a triplet so back in the day ddr didn't have support for triplets so what they did is they sort of rounded everything to the nearest 64th note and so basically step charts were just kind of like giant arrays and in programming terms of 64th notes with tons of rests in there and bag is you know quantized really just just really weird and you have to play it in this way which is kind of like the real rhythm but also kind of not and i always loved it because it's just one of those things where if they had supported it the right way, it would just be as exactly as you expect it to be, right? And when something is ex- is exactly what you expect it to be, that's not any fun, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you you live life in order to be surprised, in order for things to happen to you that you have to figure out how to deal with. If you look at a chart and you know exactly what to do and how to do it, and it's it's not going to be that interesting to you. Or yeah, it's like one of those kind of like one and done. Yeah, things. you just play it once yeah. and you're like, ah, whatever. Never like if back, never come back to it. And that's what would happen. Would have happened with Bag if mm-hmm. if it was correct back then. I mean, maybe people would have still played it, but you know, it definitely wouldn't have stood the test of time like it has now, where everyone's still talking about it. Yep. You know, because or, it's so broken. Because it's yeah. so broken. Same thing with Burning Heat. You know, that these songs are impossible because they're broken, and they're good because they're broken. It's it's nice to have things that are different, you know. Yeah, yeah like I, I for your just stands out for that reason. 
because, because it was so off yeah, yeah, I mean, people call it hyper offbeat. Yeah, yeah. hyper <laughs> early beat. I've heard. Oh, that's but, better. But once you find your own way, it's like, oh, this is starting to click now. This is like, I'm actually. Yeah. It's really satisfying in its own weird way. Yeah, I. So when Supernova was new, um, I actually really liked Chaos. Yeah. Um, because you had to play on. There was like st- standard mode and like hard hard mode or something. They had like yeah. two different things, and depending on which mode you played on. Uh, you got a different, like, extra stage. Right. Or one more extra stage, I think. Mm. So you had to play Healing Division Expert, and if you pass that, then you got to play Chaos. Um, So, like, I liked Healing Division also, so I played that a lot, which actually, that was broken too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then you got to play Chaos. So, yeah, back when Supernova was new, like, I learned Chaos on, like, Chaos Expert. Like, Challenge didn't even exist yet. Um, So I learned it all on Stepmania, and I knew it really well. And I, I don't actually remember if I ever passed it or not, but, um, on the, the extra stage, but, um, yeah. And then I just totally forgot how it goes over the past 10 years. So I had to relearn it, but yeah. So I liked chaos. And then, um, I also like the before you, uh, voltage special, Yeah, Yeah, which is, it's kind of messed up (laughs) at the ending there. It's goofy, but, um, I've played it so many times and not gotten a very good score on it and I'll keep playing it because it's hard. Yeah. You know? And and it, it it's it's challenging in a way that like no other songs are really. Like yeah. that it just has like this one section that's really weird but and really hard. And actually the double chart for it's kinda of hilarious. Oh it's too. In, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. So. I, think I I heard you it was either you or somebody else uh, mentioned the, the term broken arrow before. Well, can you describe what a broken arrow? Well, that's we're speculating in in extreme pro. Like the more that we've played it, it seems like certain arrows in extreme pro are just broken. Specific arrows. Specific arrows. Is it in a chart? Is it specifically extreme pro? Well, or or would this have? happened in extreme too and and just not yeah been as noticeable it probably wouldn't have been as as noticeable like now with marvelous it seems that um particularly think when i think of yozora no muko that song in the middle of in the beginning of the song it goes uh there's some 16th note kind of stuff and it's really fun and then it goes into this uh eighth note section and in the eighth note section if you play that on extreme pro and you try you're trying to ma and trying to get marvelous there's some of those notes that you're just going to get perfect on and you have no idea why. <laughs> and I've played that a, a ton of times trying to figure it out. And I think there's just a few of those notes that no matter what you do, it seems like you're, you're, you're getting perfect. So I mean, just an engine issue. It could, something? it could be some sort of like math, like problem ba- in, based in the on engine. the, based on the BPM and the frames. Yeah. And it's, stuff. it's, it's who knows? It could exactly. be that, like the pro the programmers like ad libbed a certain section. Cause like they were like, they were playing, playing it during testing and they found out that there was like this discontinuity. Like maybe the song wasn't cut correctly. So like they would like cut out a section and then all of a sudden the BPM and the offset is totally different. So they have to like, yeah, it, change it's, it on it's the very, fly. it's very difficult to, to say what it is or whether it's even true. But yeah, I think that's mm. I think that's that is the case with Extreme Pro. There there might be a couple arrows that are just kind of very difficult that you just always seem to get a perfect yeah. yeah out of nowhere. So so that's a broken arrow. I see. Yeah, Main, mainly an extreme thing. I don't yeah. Think, I don't so I don't think I, that exists. Ace, in Ace. I, with Ace, that's not oh, really it has the case. To. Let's hope not. It has to exist. Well, maybe, but these ch- the, the chap- timing the is so much are, easier. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, the step charts are made by humans, though. It seems like there would still be a 
a few examples where but but it's not the it's not the step chartness i i think that in extreme pro that it it's something with how the game is running oh. specifically so you're alluding to a, a a possible technical problem it could be yeah yeah, it yeah. Could this, be. this doesn't sound intentional yeah, yeah that's no, interesting. No, no. Okay. yeah it's it, it's a a weird technical although there are probably like songs in ace that aren't 18s and aren't 17s that probably will never get mfc'd i would say oh. just because of the difficulty of actually hitting every single yeah. note but yeah. that's a different kind of a different uh question yeah so moving on to um another question we got here from um grave shift 69 on twitter nice nice uh do you guys recommend traveling to different dave and busters or round ones to play on different machines even if you live five minutes away from an ace machine i think this applies to like every whether you're playing ace or not but yes i think this is very important (laughs) it's very important to do arcade tourism and i'll tell you why it's because so whenever i travel uh no matter where where it is whether i'm going abroad to a different country or if i'm just sort of exploring my own area where i live uh i always go to the arcade and i'll tell you why it's because you get sort of an idea for where locals are spending their free time uh you get to sort of if, if you're a social person you get to actually like go to places where people are playing ddr and uh, you immediately have something in common with them, so you can sort of talk to them about DDR and figure out the different quirks of the machine and whatever else. Uh, but more importantly, if you're just trying to build up your skill in a particular arcade game, uh, getting exposure to a bunch of different kinds of hardware is very important. Um, for example, like, you know, DDR, um, you know, we're all blessed to have brand new ace cabs inside in, inside the United States, but even after this point, after one and a half, two years, it's every machine has sort of diverged in, in its own different way. So yeah. it's very important to get exposure to all those different, all the different kinds of hardware, because you never know, you might show up in a tournament and, uh, it, you know, the, mach- the cab is just different in some way and you have to be able to adapt to it. Exactly. Uh, that's a really good point. I, one thing I noticed particularly about players like, uh, like Dalton and Jeff Lloyd is that they seem to be able to play on any machine, no matter where, no matter what it is, what kind of pads they have or whether it, they're like whether the pads are raised to be flush or mm-hmm. whether it's a, you know, what no matter what the situation is, they'll go up and they'll they'll try it. And I think like a lot of people they'll play on a machine and if they're like the up arrow is a little under under sensitive, they'll be like ah uh, this this machine sucks or whatever. But maybe it's not the case and maybe you should try to adjust because the more information you have about how to play DDR in different situations, the better you're going to be at playing mm-hmm. and. You know, you being able to adapt is a skill. And like like uh, Xanath just said, if you're going to a tournament that's not in your area and you've only played on your machine, maybe your machine is just unusually perfect <laughs> or unusually good or unusually bad. Well, I mean, there's a lot of factors. I mean, I think the main one is pad distance from the yep, machine. Totally. That even, like, every arcade will have differences in in the distance from the pads and that actually makes a difference in syncing uh Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. visual syncing and and reading speed and audio yeah as well yeah that um the the one the pads at uh east ridge mall round one uh down in san jose they're really far away from from the machines which i like it i i like (laughs) it for being able to read fast um, I feel like I can read faster on that machine than I can at, like, Ceremony, for example, because um, they are farther back. But it makes Sudden Plus harder, yeah. which is something that you may not consider. If you're going to a tournament 
and you're used to using Sudden Plus on a song, and the pads are a, even a couple inches will make a difference in yeah. how fast you can get to the button to turn off Sudden Plus or turn on either way. Um, like those things matter. And, and other than just the machine, I think getting used to different environments because yeah. there's there's always so so much things so many things going on around the machine too. It's not just the machine itself. It's yeah. the air hockey table or the air hockey table or <laughs> the air hockey table. The, the oh, oh that's right because every arcade puts yeah. an air hockey table as, next to as their as close as possible. Yeah, as close as possible to their. Oh, I guess Eastridge doesn't have yeah. an air hockey table, thankfully, but. <laughs> I think uh, uh, geographically, too, there are some places that are just extremely interesting places to play. Like, for example, yeah. if you're playing in Denver, which has, like, about a mile high in elevation, you you will probably experience different physiological effects than if you were playing in, like, Arizona, yep. which has really low elevation. It's like playing different ballparks. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so or, this is something that athletes talk about all the time, and it certainly applies to DDR, too. Yeah, sure. and even different arcade temperatures and humidity oh and 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 i yeah. mean everything it's, it's things that you probably don't really think about that much but it's good to have experience with as many things as you can exactly you know how on you know when they talk about machine learning or you know you're doing the captchas where you have to like click to see like the, the machine's trying to get you to identify like street signs or cars or whatever and the way that they train these algorithms is by giving them a ton of data, just like an absolute, like ridiculous amount of data they're feeding into this computer. So the computer figures out like every possible way that a car can look. And this is really helpful for you to be able to figure out every possible way that you can play DDR. And that's just being, trying to be good. And there's so many other reasons to go travel and plays because first of all, if you have DDR as a thing to do, when you're going to a new place, you automatically have something on your agenda, right? And a lot of times when I'm traveling, especially like, you know, going to some different part of the country, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do here? Right? Like I have to, I have to go to this place to see my family or see, see this person or business trip or something. What am I going to do with my, with my free time? Oh, of course I'm going to go play DDR, right? And you get to meet people like uh, Xanath said, and it's just, a, it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, and like, so, I mean, there's a, there's a machine five minutes from my house, but I, sometimes I drive an hour away to go play at other arcades yeah. just, just to hang out with different people. Not that the people at, you know, the one close to me are, are bad or anything, but just, just different people, you know, and, and get to meet new people and talk to different people. Um, it, it's just a whole different experience uh, just playing at different arcades. So I would highly recommend it if it's an option or if it's a bit available to you. So, yeah. and sometimes you just want to go out and, and have a different experience. Like if I, I often go to arcades that have no line, nobody there, and just it's it's there for like a like a total cardio session, solo session. And then where are these places? <laughs> <laughs> just curious. Uh, gosh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's there's a, a Tan Friend Mall in, in San Bruno has an extreme machine. Um, also has music blaring in the background, but wow, that's another thing to take <laughs> yeah. into consideration. But you, you, you get used to it, you adapt, um, and then on, on nights where you feel like being more social, to go to go to round one, go to Eastridge. Exactly. And so it's good to keep a you know like a well-rounded uh, you know DDR regimen. Yeah. The next question is from Scott Simpson, aka True Moo, at True underscore M O zero. On Twitter, he says, uh, is it okay to bracket certain parts of songs 
even if it's not during jumps. I tend to cheat a lot of crossovers on 15+, plus, and getting a perfect is usually a gamble. Do you ever find yourself doing this, or am I just forming a bad habit? You want to explain what bracketing is? Yeah, bracketing is a technique. Uh, I think typically when people say bracketing, they mean hitting jumps with one foot. Or uh, kind of mashing the, the, the pad in such a way where they place their feet across the brackets in order to execute parts of songs which they may not otherwise be able to do. Yeah, you're not you're not moving your body a whole lot. You just kind of rest your feet where they are. And uh, usually, at, the, at least the way that I do it is I have my left foot on left and down and my right foot on up and right. And you can just kind of, you know, you don't have to turn it all, basically. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a tricky question. And I think it depends on your your skill level and what you're going for like what your specific goal is like for that song particularly um in general i would say try to do as many crossovers as you can yeah um, especially i mean like if you're doing eighth notes at you know 140 bpm or whatever like you can double step those or you know not necessarily bracketing but once once you get to doing you know 16th note crossovers at higher bpms mm-hmm. like Eventually, if you want to get higher scores, you're going to have to actually do them. Yeah. Um, It's just not really feasible to accurately hit notes while bracketing that fast. Um, So I think it is a good idea to form those correct habits uh, earlier on. Right. Um, That being said... There are are songs, there's eight, you know, when playing 18s or 19s... Yeah, there's some parts you just have very little choice. Yeah, that that. In fact, in, in Pump It Up, there's actually some songs where you have to bracket. There are no, you have no alternative. Um, and I think that like might be an interesting game to try to try playing for a little while. Like play some of the harder ch- charts on Pump It Up. Yeah, and, we need uh, to do a Pump It Up episode. Yeah, I think yeah. we should. Yeah, yeah. actually, there's, I, there's I to... played around with Pump It Up at at uh, Concord Mall last good. night. What, and, how was it? It was good. I uh, I I passed to twenty three. Oh, good. That's a hard song. Yeah. So it sounds hard. Yeah, it sounds hard. I don't know. That's but, awesome, man. But yeah, it, every time I play pump, I'm like, man, I should play pump yep. more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know, just like DDR is experiencing a renaissance, I think pump it up is too. There's there's like all here. sorts of yeah. There's great content that's coming out constantly. Um, the community is you know thriving. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, more importantly, I think it's like, you know, I, I don't know if, if you guys have talked about cross-training at all, uh, yeah, different dance games, A little bit, yeah. But, but I think it's like playing playing a lot of Pump It Up is another way to sort of get better at, at DDR. For too. real, yeah. Because you get to sort of just, you're exposed, I mean, just like we've been talking about throughout this episode, you're exposed um, to patterns that you've your brain has never seen before, and it just sort of enhances that elasticity. Um, yeah, and especially with bracketing, I think that's like, for me at least, when I play Pump It Up, I... Uh, have a lot easier time with bracketing than than I think an, an average DDR player does, just because I there's some charts that require it. Yeah, well, and, and the pads. I mean, pump mm-hmm. is more designed f- to be able to be bracketed. That's true. It is. Yeah, yeah, because the the panels kind of overlap a little bit, yeah. and and hitting the center and the uh, corners with one foot is a lot. It's often a lot easier than yeah. than DDR, where it's. Same with like Step Maniacs and most uh, Dedicabs that exist right now, where people have modded it so that the panels are really high up, um, so that things like bracketing specifically are easier. In ITG, yeah. yeah. I, I think it also, it, it's worth practicing bracketing. A lot of people 
you know, if they're going for a particular score and they mess up, a lot of times you'll see the 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 good players will just stop trying and they'll start bracketing the the rest mm. of the song. And I remember I used to see that and I'm like, "Oh, what are they doing? They're they're just they're messing around. This looks dumb." <laughs> but then I started realizing that it's important to be able to do this because it'll make you better. Yeah, and it, that's a good opportunity to do it. You think you're thinking long term for the whole yeah. set. Yeah, it does make you uh, sort of learn how to double step things quickly. Yeah. Uh, that you know, if that pattern comes up again in another song or something, or you know, a really hard section or something, uh, patterns that don't necessarily have easy transitions between them, um, stuff like being able to to bracket not in the sense of hitting a jump with one foot but bracketing in the sense of just kind of like you know people call it bullshitting too you know whatever yeah. you just kind of like mash or whatever or you know the classic case for this is the beginning run of uh valkyrie dimension challenge which yeah. is very fast and i don't think i mean it's basically 240 bpm 16th and like one person can do it matt magden that's it, about it yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very hard. So I think most people for that just kind of bracket um, or, you know, BS through it, whatever you want to do. Um, But there's varying degrees of being able to do that well. Um, So I think it is kind of uh, an important skill to develop. But at the same time, when when you can, you should try to do things, quote unquote, properly and, and actually do crossovers and things like that, that that is the skill that will help you achieve better scores in the long run. Um, yeah. on it's a, more fun, too. On, on, on a wider variety of songs. Yeah. It's more fun when you're trying. Yeah. I mean, if you're bracketing, you should still try. Yeah. Yeah. Try. Yes. Yeah. Try to bracket. Do the best damn bracket you can. <laughs> uh, we got another question here from Jay, um, at Hamlet EJ on Twitter. It says, do you feel like your legs gradually warm up over the course of se- uh, over the course of a session? And that you're at your most limber and best performance after a long time of continuous playing, like, say, an hour. Um, and then, relatedly, how much do you stretch beforehand and between songs? So I think it's, yeah, I think I, just general, a little bit of warming up talk here. Um, do, do not forget to stretch. Well, yeah, stretching, I think, does help huge. me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, which is one thing that I should do more because I don't yeah. and then I play for an hour and a half straight yeah. and then I'm very sore. The only problem is that it just looks ridiculous when you're doing yes. it in a public arcade. But That's you know fine. what? It all looks ridiculous. It, it all looks so ridiculous. So yeah. I mean people do it at the gym yeah. and for me the arcade is the gym. So yeah, exactly. screw you if you think that it's weird. <laughs> uh yeah, but I think uh limbering up or just doing a little bit of stretching actually does really help me, at least. And um I definitely feel like uh you know I start to get my bearings um, after maybe one or two songs in DDR, uh, I just sort of expect that my first two songs are going to be uh, lackluster when it comes to scoring. And yeah. As long as you accept that and you know that there's, your body just has to spend some time with warm-up, then I think you'll have a, a much better set that way. Yeah, it takes me about an, about an hour to yeah. warm up, and then I start getting good scores. <laughs> Although, um, to, to say something contrary to the rest of these guys, I read a paper the other day about how stretching is pointless <laughs> and it doesn't help you and actually may hurt. So I was I have been stretching for years and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just switch it up and uh, see if this thing is right or wrong. And it actually has seemed to have had no effect <laughs> on me whatsoever. Stretching is a placebo. So I don't know. Way like, to go, science. So I think just 
if try stretching if it helps you stretch um if it doesn't help you don't <laughs> i yeah. don't know i i think i think one thing that uh kind of gets me is if i play a number of sets in a row and then i take a break and like yeah sit. getting cold if i sit yeah. down or de- i mean even depending on how you're sitting down if i if i sit down on the ground like with my legs crossed or yeah. something oh. like that's it man yeah, yeah. That's, that's the true. end of my night yeah, yeah you got to make sure your blood is flowing i think that's your body tenses up that's that's yeah. the most important thing for me is making sure that there's blood flowing like don't cross your legs and sit down or like yep. don't like you know kind of do anything that's going to prevent you from getting blood to the to your legs yeah like as much as you probably want to sit down and rest like it's probably better to at least stay on your feet and like kind of walk around a little bit that's the thing between sets um yeah i i was i was talking to uh another local player last night stretch about about prey um and then the new 18 and he you know he said oh you know you think you could you know pfc this or whatever and I, i i told him i was like if I was the perfect amount of warmed up, because there, there's, there's a peak of, of being the right amount of warmed yeah, up. that window. Of, of being warmed up enough, but not too tired. Yeah, exactly. Um, because you kind of go over that hump and then you start getting too tired. Um, so if, if there are certain songs that you're, you know, usually this applies to, you know, higher end songs, whatever that may be for you, everybody's different. Um, that, you know, time those in your set from for when you feel the most warmed up you know for one person that may be after two sets for somebody else that may be after an hour or whatever whatever works for you um try and kind of say hey you know at this moment you know in this set i'm going to play that song that i really want to go for that you know this is when i feel you know peak warmed up but not not too exhausted yet um so i don't know we'll see how (laughs) Yeah, I, well, I think that's when the endorphins kick in that after an hour or so. Um, oh yeah, that's another I mean, thing. I mean, monster goes so far, but I think after an hour, once you have monster and endorphins, um, definitely. That's I mean that's that's just like a, a power boost right there. Endorphins would be uh, endorphin would be a good name for an energy drink. Oh yeah, <laughs> would be a good name for a DER song too. Yeah, thank you, face. And then after that, you're just you're, you're gassed out. So we got another question, um, which is. Do you think the DDR arcade experience makes it hard to attract new players? Uh, mm. For instance, one, is it it is intimidating watching good players and uh, people are self-conscious about not being very good and the menu of DDR Ace is confusing and people don't know what to do. And as far as the last point goes, yes, the menu is confusing. Uh, they've improved it a little bit lately where they've kind of sped it up a little bit and I think if there are two people playing and neither, neither of them sign in, I believe it automatically chooses premium mode i think um but it is confusing and it's i really hope they fix that um i think a lot of times if if you're around and there are some people coming up to play who don't know how to do it just do it for them and explain what what's going on and you just kind of try and take away the friction from the experience as much as possible to get more people playing um as far as the self-consciousness thing you know that's a problem, but that's a human problem. Like that's not a, I don't know necessarily know if that's a DDR problem because you know, it's yeah. Performing in public is, it's difficult. It causes anxiety and yeah, I guess a resurgence of the home version thing would be good 
for this because they could pl- they could practice at home. Yeah, I mean, this is what I hear from people most often is that they don't want to play in the arcade because they don't want people watching them and, and doing, you know, poorly. Yeah. And even people that play now, a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, no, I, I only played at home until I could play on heavy. So, I mean, I, I, I do think it is a... a a factor that, yeah. that that holds people back from from playing. Yes, um, I played once. You know, DDR one point five back to the Betreon. I played it once, enjoyed it, but didn't want to play it again because I, I wasn't you know wasn't skilled. So I went when I bought the PS one version like that day, and um, I just worked up worked my way my way up back to the, to the arcade. And it's it's a shame yeah, that makes we sense. Have, we don't have that these days. Yeah, I hope I hope they bring it back. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important to like um, if you. If you are, like, afraid of, like, sort of giving it a try in the arcade and getting embarrassed, I think it's important to sort of, like, maybe just learn a little bit about the game before you you start it. Because then that I think that really eliminates a lot of the nerves. Uh, like, if you just watch videos of people play yeah. online, for example, um, or, you know, this, I, anyone who's listening to the show, they probably have already gotten over this part of the experience. But yeah. Perhaps if, some, if you're somebody else's, like, if a friend is interested in getting into DDR. Um, I think one thing that might help is just like yeah, so send them content. So, you know, send them videos of you know people playing at home, pe- people playing in the arcade, uh, people navigating the interface. You know, whatever it has to be. Um, just getting, I think, getting over that hump is is all about getting familiar with the game. I think it's a little bit less about um, performing in public and more just about doing something new. Yeah. Um, and yeah, regarding the interface, I think uh, DDR doesn't have the best interface, <laughs> and it's like really could use a lot of improvement. I mean, a lot of the music, a lot of the Bimani games. Yeah, well, I was going to mention, frankly. Dance, it's, dance I think it's, oh yeah, Dance Rush. Dance Rush yeah. got, 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 it's a step up from, it is, it's better. More, yeah. yeah, it's more and more accessible. It's still, I think they're figuring weird. it out. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, to me, I think it's a miracle that anyone at all plays 2DX. Because <laughs> 2DX just has the most confusing interface ever. Yeah, especially, and, you know, if you have no Japanese knowledge, which yeah. includes almost everyone outside of Japan. Right, yeah, like the game is almost entirely in Japanese, like from when you first push the start button and there's like this you know uh smorgasbord of controls that like control panels and buttons and yeah you don't know what buttons to push yeah it's it's like it's just a a miracle to me that anyone at all plays that game because the the um and then also it's extremely difficult too like you will fail your first song um which is not like (laughs) yeah i mean this is something that that kyle ward was actually talking Mm. about in our last episode was that that was one of his goals with with step maniacs was trying to make it really simple yeah. and accessible yeah. the, the UI of, of trying to get people into it that you know anybody yes. can understand That's, not the UI is really important not it making is, it yeah. over complicated and I think you know with step maniacs that having a touch screen helps yeah. with that That's really awesome. yeah I think um, I think they I think uh, they did a great job on that game yeah it, like, ma- it makes it more in- intuitive and, and more options rather than having to try and navigate menus with just a limited <laughs> amount of buttons yeah and that's a problem with 2dx too is that you have to like hold this oh. one thing and then spin the wheel and then like ridiculous you know to change yeah. the you know you have to do all these you know gymnastics to just like change your options yeah I think... sometimes you have to touch the number pad like there's just numbers oh. that are assigned to actions in the ui and oh. you just have to memorize what those oh mean. yeah i mean ddr is the same thing <laughs> yeah. to change your rivals or whatever yeah, it's absurd hit, hit nine yeah 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 nine was the game didn't tell me that yeah yeah i'd ask a friend like yeah, but yeah. that's how you do mods there's a related question which is how would you introduce a coworker or friend or family yeah. member into playing? And I think the first thing that I always do is I, I say that it's like I kind of make sure people know that it's a very welcoming scene and and that I think people really respond well if you can if you remind them that they can get pretty good pretty fast. I think if you watch 
a lot of high-level players, the the thing that you jump toward if you don't know anything about the game is like, oh, it must have taken this person a zillion years to get good. And maybe that's true for some of us in the room, but it's not the case for everyone. And there's a lot of people who go from, you know, just starting to playing, you know, 14s and 15s in a month yeah. or something. And it's just crazy the, the things that people can do. And you just got to remind people that, number one, they can get good pretty fast. And number two, that, like, everyone who plays it is nice. And it's got, just just sell them on why you like it. You know, what made you like it? Tell them that. You know, it's great music, uh, great exercise. You got tons of good people playing. You got a nice podcast that you can listen to every week where people talk about the same things over and over again. Um, it's a hard song. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I, Especially that ending. End yeah, just... yeah I, I always tell people... I, I remind people that everybody who you see who is really, really good right now sucked when they started. Yeah. Like, that, just to kind of humble ourselves and, and say, like, Listen, yeah. everybody was at that point. Yeah. Everybody had trouble doing crossovers. Everybody had trouble... Staying on beat in the first place. Staying on beat, or yeah, yeah, being able to differentiate the corner jumps, yep. which we were talking about earlier. I, I think the thing that, that got me kind of hooked on DDR was the fact that the feedback is so immediate. Mm -hmm. And you can sell them on that, too. Like, if you're playing a violin or something, or you're playing the piano, or you're playing basketball or something on, on your... You know, if you're doing it by yourself or, with, you know, whatever kind of situation, there's not something that's telling you whether you did it the right way or not. But with DDR or music games, you press a button and it says, great. And you're like, okay, that means I did it bad, which, of course, doesn't make any sense. But, <laughs> you know, it's great. You, you can get immediate feedback from what you did and then you can do it the right way next time. Um, and the next time actually might just be a second from now. And... I think that's a really good thing to sell people on. Just say, you know, you can get good really fast because it tells you what you're doing wrong. And it makes you feel good because it's telling you you got a, you did a good job and you have an announcer, like, telling you good stuff the whole time. It's all-around positive experience. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I have to sell anyone who's listening to this on whether DDR is good or not, but maybe you could sell them on whether DDR is good. Like this is making me want to like want to produce a video of just one of the DDR misconceptions and that, oh, oh do, you, do you guys memorize all the charts, like, how, you've been playing this for so long like you just must know all the songs by by heart by now but no, like you said we all start at the same level um, it's like just it's like reading music yeah um, I think another point too is like if you have a friend or a family member who is um, uh, really into like sort of uh, engaging activities things that sort of bring you into sort of like a flow state I think uh, for me that was the biggest th reason that's the biggest reason why I really like music games in general is because it's sort of just an easy gateway to getting into a flow state and really forgetting about the rest of the world and uh, just focusing on one thing and one thing only. And, uh, like, that's, I think it's just, like, a magical thing about the human brain that it's, like, it's possible with certain kinds of activities. And, like, DDR is, like, a nice, you know, activity for, for doing exactly that, so... You have to focus on four things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> or eight if you're playing double. But, like, I remember Roger said one time, he was like, you know, when, when you're playing DDR, it's like you have no... 
focusing on anything else is 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 bad. Um, you have to focus a hundred percent on being in the moment, uh, focusing on what the next step is going to be and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that that has a really positive mental effect. Yeah, if you just want to forget about everything else, yeah, yeah. music games are great. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to think about email. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to think Facebook. about yeah <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Something somebody said to you over messages. None of that stuff matters anymore. Yeah, for like a minute and a half. For a minute. <laughs> yeah, and then it comes crushing back. Yeah, it's, it's it's what hooks you back to it. It's just you know I want that feeling again for another ninety seconds. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But it's it's all good. It's it's positive. Um, it's really engaging activity, and it's fun. And just so much fun to do with, with a friend, with with a yeah, with a loved one, a family member. Yeah, I think um, it's I, just an activity. I, I think DDR is a great game for you know playing with somebody else and helping them get. Yeah. You know, and, and that kind of goes back to the other question, too, is that you can help people understand the, the weird menu or whatever, yeah. or, you know, and all these different things is that, you know, you you can play with another person on different difficulty levels and, and still help them out, get them through the onboarding process, <laughs> as they use in the uh, job world, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I think last question here, because... We've already been talking for an hour. It's crazy how much we can just talk about this video. This <laughs> <laughs> one video for an hour. Uh, this is from uh, Jordan Padilla at Toxic Jordan on Twitter. Said in honor of the Fresno Frenzy Two tournament coming up, I'd like to ask if you prefer on-site qualifiers or remote qualifiers, and why. In this day and age, it's got to be remote. It's got to be remote. Yeah, there's too many people. <laughs> Like when I came back in the scene and saw that remote qualifiers were a thing, remote tournaments are a thing. I was, I was just, this is, this is what we needed back in the day. This is, this is perfect. Yeah, I it think just, it just makes sense. It it does make sense. Although I think maybe we weren't quite thinking about it the right way. And like back in the day, I think we probably could have done it if we had thought about, okay, well you have to play all of these songs in one set and then take pictures of each one and then the results screen so that we know that you did that. And I think the thing that makes the difference with the remote qualifiers now is that you have to do them in such a way where you can't just take a yeah. picture of your best score on it. Right. Because you, if you play them all in a row, all the qualifiers in a row, you might not do the best that you would ever do on each song. So it like it shows your skill, right? Yeah. It's the KAC style. And I think that's where all of us ripped off this idea from is KAC hmm. and... I, I had never heard of a tournament ever doing this before KAC. So. I, I think perhaps some of the ITG tournaments ah. may have done it, especially the the, the stamina stuff. They kind of have like an invite system, like the ITG, like um, East Coast Stamina tournaments, I think. Mm -hmm. They have kind of, I don't know if it's necessarily remote qualifiers necessarily, but, um, you know, they would invite certain people based on their scores on, on songs. Gotcha. So I, I, it's kind of in the same vein. I kind of, I kind of like like on-site qualifiers, but it's just impractical. Like I, I, the reason I like them is because it's the same pressure as the rest of the tournament, and like with the Fresno tournament coming up, I'm going to go to round one on Saturday, and I'm going to go to round one on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and all of those days I'm going to do nothing but play those qualifiers over and over and over and over again until I get a ridiculous score on them, and then. It's gonna place me in the in the in the seed ranking at a certain place, and I'm not that good. <laughs> so I think like this kind of lets you sort of game the system in a way that 
you couldn't do with on-site qualifiers. On-site qualifiers, you go up, you play it, you get one shot or maybe two shots at it, and then you're under pressure, so you might screw up, which you might screw up during the tournament too because that's what tournaments are about. And it's, I think it's kind of a better test of exactly uh, of your tournament performance. Yes, I, I, yeah. I think that's th- true. There are pros and cons, and I, I think that is, that is one of the main points is that that remote qualifiers favor people who have the time or, yeah. or the patience. The location. Or or yeah. or yeah, accessibility to machines. Like if if you if if you live three hours away from an ace machine, like you may get one trip to do, you know, the qualifiers for a yeah. tournament that you're going to. Um, where somebody that lives five minutes away or whatever, or you know, yeah, y- y- you know, they have more accessibility to play the 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 songs more. Right. Um. So I don't think that remote qualifiers are necessarily as. Yeah, I think it's unfair, personally. Uh, yeah, it's not as determinant of skill. Yeah. Um, it's more determinant of effort. And and who's going to go and spend all their time doing this. Yeah, you know? yeah. and and personally, I got... I, I think remote qualifiers are a lot more stressful um, because you're... You really want to do your best, and you can ba- like keep playing. You can keep them. grinding it. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I can do better, I can do better, I can do better. And it takes you away from the rest of the game the game that you're just focusing on these three songs f- so much i mean i had this this happened to me uh for extra exclusive the the tournament in japan following kfc that you know i i was getting so frustrated that you get you know you have to play them all in one set and you mess up you get a great or something on on one song and you're like well there's my whole set you know and i would get really frustrated yeah or you know you you do really well on two songs and then you mess up the third that you don't normally mess up on. And, you know, it, it's, it, it can be a very frustrating experience. So like, personally, I try to like limit myself. I, I, I say, Hey, yeah. th- th- this is the goal I want to hit. I want to get negative 30 EX or whatever. And like, once I hit that, I'm like, eh, good enough. Yeah. Um, like I don't think tournament seating is that important. Like some people put a lot more weight on it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to end up in the top quarter of of a bracket or whatever, or, you know, wherever in the bracket, you're you're probably going to end up roughly around where you would anyway. You, you may get sixth or you may get ninth or something, or you may get, you may see 26th or 29th or whatever. But, you know, grinding it out is probably not going to change the end results all that much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've had different experiences. Um, or, or sorry, or, or you weigh it. Right. Uh, yeah. You have to weigh it of, of like, you know, how many more times do I have to play the set in order to get myself up? And in the case of Fre- the Fresno tournament, they're not showing where people are ranking. Right. Uh, right. You know, previously in, in some other tournaments, oh, they, would have a, a, they would have a yeah. spreadsheet that when people submit their scores, it would show what their qualifier was. <laughs> But for this one, it's blind. Yeah, which I think is good. Yeah, so... Um, Except in the case where it makes it more stressful, because now I have to try even harder. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know... That's the fear of the unknown. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't know where everybody else oh. is at. But yeah, I think, you know, to sum it all up, I think that on-site, I, I prefer it, but it's we can't practical. do it. We just can't do it yeah, anymore. It, it, it's for the best. Especially with, too many people Especially now. with, yeah, 60 people. And then you have to listen to the same song or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, depend, depends if it's a good song or not, <laughs> but yeah, you have to listen to the same song a thousand times. 
Um, I mean, that's that's actually one of my er- earliest tournament memories was a tournament I went to in Sacramento when I was a kid, and the, the qualifier was 1998. Yes. And it was just people playing 1998 for, and you know, that's a tricky song. Endlessly. <laughs> Um, those are those are memories you hold here near near and dear though. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I think that'll do it for our questions for now. Um, so we can move into the tap set of the week. So while my co-hosts think of what songs they want to recommend, uh, I will give some shout-outs to some people who did our last tap set of the week. Um, we had so as a reminder last. The last tap set of the week was uh, Emera Special Summer Campaign and Electric Dance System Music. Um, so we had uh, at Sergeant Toasty, uh, Aaron Toplinski, which is at YYR underscore, uh, Hamlet EJ, uh, Sylph01, got a personal best on Emera. Um, I, I, I love seeing people get you know, it, improvements on their scores or whatever, yeah. playing Taps of the Week. It totally. kind of reinforces why we do it. You're welcome. Yeah, or playing songs <laughs> they, they never would have played before. Yeah, exactly. This introduced me to stuff, so thanks, guys. Um, yeah, and so that was uh, Sylph01. Um, so what do we think, boys? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tohoku Evolved, and I'll tell you why. It's because we were just talking about kind of messed up songs that you uh, hate mm-hmm. to play. <laughs> and uh, this is one of them, I think. It's got a random step at the end. Uh, incredible, incredibly, you know, uh, disorienting speed changes, things like that. But it's actually a very fun song. And, yeah, it's uh, cool. V- also, it just pops pops off, too. It's a really, really good song. So I'm going to recommend that for the tap set of the week. Yeah. This is a difficult for the difficult of 14, right? Yeah, yeah. this difficult is an intense is, one. Difficult is pretty approachable, I think. Yeah, so that's usually the one I play. It's a difficult chart. Yeah. Um, of course, it gets much harder. Um, but yeah, it's a good song. Cool. I was going to go with uh, Dancer in the Flare. Oh. Um, expert chart. One of my favorite songs in the game. Just make them master. I'm obsessed with these days. Um, I remember an, an old episode you guys were talking about songs that could use harder charts. And I agree, this this could be a fun like 15 or 16 challenge, but um, I've always loved the yeah, just the expert 13, and it's uh, I'll put the extra extra challenge out there if anyone wants to freestyle the light chart and take a video. Nice. Um, I think it's one of the top five freestyle songs in the game as well. So that's my pick. I'm gonna choose Gradius Cyber, mm. uh, uh, which is a song from Third Mix, and it's. It's very interesting. It's got some drills on the on the expert chart, and uh, it's drills in the song too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's either drills or elephants. Uh, elephants. Oh. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a <laughs> lot. It could be. There's a lot of stuff going on in that song. It's open for interpretation. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 eclectic. <laughs> I would say so. And, check it out. And that's another one of those ones that I think was messed up on extreme. I don't know. If... Well, it wasn't so much. There, it wasn't messed up in the way that Bag is messed up, but it was very hard because yeah. the sync was very difficult, and it's just difficult anyway. You know, even if the sync was great, it would still be hard. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, weird rhythms for exactly to to adapt to a dance because it uh isn't isn't two DX or not? Yeah, yeah. so it it was it, it was is, in two DX. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really fun in two DX, especially the another chart. It's got a <laughs> kind of a unique take on the drill the drill part. <laughs> So this is, this is an interesting set. We've got Dancer in the Flare from from James. Xanath picks 
Tohoku Evolved, and we got Gradius Excyber. And uh, that that yeah, that's a pretty uh, eclectic, eclectic set. <laughs> yeah, we let's, got let's there. do it. Um, What's the extra stage? I'll play these three songs in the qualifiers, okay. and that's all. <laughs> Over the next. Oh week. yeah. We're doing three or four. Well, we usually just do three. Play play, play dancer last, double A, and then play the extra. Yeah. Triple A or whatever. Whatever whatever you want for extra yeah. stage. Wild card. Okay. Yeah. Um, though actually, I had an idea. Maybe we'll, idea. maybe maybe we'll do this for next week. Is is have uh, listeners submit ideas for an extra stage? Oh uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, and and we'll we'll pick one of yours. So maybe we'll send out a tweet and have you suggest songs for the tap set of the week that that people can play as an extra stage. I like it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Arrow Panel. Um, thank you to Fraxtol for letting us use their song. Uh, watch it burn as our intro and outro music uh you can follow us on twitter at sf underscore evolved uh youtube sf evolved uh facebook twitch we're everywhere yeah exactly um we have a discord oh yeah join join the sf evolved discord and we can talk about uh scores all day yeah it's uh there there's a scores channel in there, there now, is now which we yeah finally got around to creating so there's there's literally like i don't know about hundreds but there's you know a fair amount of people yeah there's a lot yeah, there's surprising. a lot of people in there it, it always surprises me so sometimes i'll pop in and and say hey i think that's all yeah so thanks for listening to the aero panel today and thank, thank you, you for, for playing, playing.